Loaded bases, Matt Strom. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for right. having me. Dude, I'm doing great, and I'm and I'm glad that you're on after we uh had to fix some technical stuff. Yeah, it we got, out. Uh, got it working, so good to go. So what do you do in the baseball world? Uh, as far as just a pitcher? Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, you know, just, I mean, honestly, for me, it all kind of feels surreal. It feels just like I've been playing baseball ever since I was 12 years old, aside from the fact of it is my job now so it is 365 yeah uh, just kind of year round and really focused on it and uh yeah just taking it day by day you see like so so like when you're younger were you always wanted to be a professional baseball player yeah i mean i think in my kindergarten what do you want to be i wrote down <laughs> baseball player um i remember getting in arguments with my counselors about what classes I wanted to take for my future. And they were telling me that baseball wasn't a realistic option and all that stuff. And so I've, uh, I haven't yet. I've restrained from walking back in there and, uh, dropping the old, I told you so, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just something I've always wanted to do. And I mean, if I was 30 years old right now and still hadn't made it, I'd still be trying. So it's just something, something i want to do do like i think you should go back there or or you should send them a signed baseball card and say hey yeah just be like look at me now kind of thing yeah yeah i think i think she knows i i grew up in north (laughs) dakota so it's not a very uh not a very populous area i mean i grew up in west fargo it's probably like forty five thousand ish so Mm -hmm. she's she's well aware i don't i don't need to let her know (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, I, I I've I've been to uh, North Dakota one time. Okay, it was, it was uh, I I went with a few buddies and they had assigned books like for like some union jobs. Okay, and I, w- and I was just in the back seat and uh, we were driving and I forgot to pack like a sweatshirt and it was in the winter time. Mm. And, you need more than a sweatshirt, <laughs> dude. It was North Dakota's rough. Yeah, we were home for we were home for the holidays this year, right after Christmas, and I think the warmest day we got was negative seventeen. Shit, <laughs> it was. Uh, we spent a lot of time inside drinking coffee and just talking around. Yeah, talking around the fire. So it was good yeah. though. See, so, yeah, we we finally hit uh, fifty degrees, like up here, like Washington State, or there you I go. guess like in Central Washington State. Yeah, so I see just... for the last last three or four years now i've lived half the year in arizona half the year in san diego starting to thaw out that negative 19 felt a little <laughs> colder this time so oh i bet yeah no, so, you're doing you, uh, you're doing pretty well for locations oh yeah yeah got getting the good weather so timing it up well so yeah so let's talk so so like you're mentioning that you went to a uh junior college mm-hmm. how come you chose a junior college uh junior college chose me kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and I think that goes for most guys really. Yeah. Um, my whole thing out of, I realized probably my junior senior year that if I really wanted to play baseball and was serious about it, I needed to get as far South as I could out of North Dakota, just for this, the sheer fact that those guys down in Oklahoma, Texas, they're getting to see, they're getting to see pitchers, eight to 10 months out of the year versus us up North. We're getting May to yeah. August. Yeah. So it's like, 
just the level of competition was way better. When I when I went down to junior college, I was a boy amongst men. Like I did not belong, and my junior college coach will tell you that from this day. I was the first kid in his career he ever told to go home. Oh no! So, shit. Yeah, so junior college literally chose me. My idea was I wanted to go as far south as I possibly could. And my two offers out of high school were to an NAIA school in Jamestown, North Dakota, which was about... I know where that's at, actually. Yeah. I, straight, I had a buddy that went there. Yeah, so that was uh, straight west west of us in Fargo. Yeah. And uh, then my second offer was this junior college down in Kansas that it was about 12 and a half hours away from... Or probably like 10 and a half hours away from West Fargo. And uh, I kind of stuck to my gut of go as far south as you can and it uh it worked out and say well it did pay off how how is getting the call to say that you got drafted yeah so um draft day i remember i remember sitting down in the basement expecting to go between like the 10th and 15th round and then i didn't go and just kind of was like over it and as soon as i shut the draft off those those later rounds are really quick. Each pick's like a minute. So like after I shut the TV off, we're sitting there for like, I don't know, it, pro- it felt like an hour, but it probably was only like 15, 20 minutes. And then I get the call that I've been drafted in the 21st round. And, you know, it was just that that's everything you dream of as a kid is to be drafted and then to start your pro career. So I was committed to Nebraska after junior college, but I had kind of told them that if I got drafted, I was going to go just because – I wasn't a fan of school. I was a fan of baseball. So there's a reason I was yeah. at, at a junior college and that was to try and play professionally. I mean, my, my main goal when I left for junior college was to play D one, but I had an unbelievable jump from my freshman to sophomore year. I gained about 14 miles an hour on my fastball. I went from that's throwing hu- like, that's a huge it, jump. Yeah. I went from, I would pit like, I'm not even joking. I would pitch at like 79, 81 my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, I would pitch like 88, 89, but I ended up hitting 94 in the fall at a showcase. And it was from there, Damn. it just kind of all took off from there. That's nuts. Yeah. 14 miles an hour on a fastball. Yeah. So I I uh, showed up to junior college. I was expecting that they had recruited me to – hit and pitch because yeah. I had won my senior year. I was, uh, it was like power aid outstanding senior athlete of the year, mm-hmm. but I wasn't even the best pitcher on our team. I was our first baseman and I had won it because I hit something like 480 something with like six home runs and Jeez. whatever it was. And so I showed up thinking I was going to do both. And I stepped on the scale. I was 147 pounds my freshman year, and my coach was like, "Ah, oh, you're just gonna worry about you're just gonna worry about pitching." I was like, "Oh, all right, whatever." So that's nuts. I was, uh, just a pitcher from there, and honestly, growing up, I never played catch to throw hard. Essentially, like yeah. my whole catch program, all the way up until I was a senior in high school, was just play catch to get warm to go take in and out. Like that was that was my catch. So when I got to a junior college and was solely able to focus on pitching. In the development of pitching, I I had good good strides. I made. That's awesome. So then you got drafted, and then you went to the minors, and then yeah. how how? So explain to me your day on July thirty first, twenty sixteen. How was that? 
Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, first of all, when I got drafted, went and played rookie ball. And then my first big league spring or my, not my first big league spring, but my first professional spring training, I ended yeah. up blowing out my elbow. Tommy Ooh. John didn't pitch until 14. Um, then had a really good 15 year in the minors, got protected, put on the roster. And then 16 came along and July. Yeah, dude, that was nuts. So the trade deadline is that. And yeah. on the night, uh, the night before, so July 30th, I got called into the office in double A. I was in Springfield and Vance Wilson, the manager at the time, who's now the third base coach up in Kansas city called me in and, kind of told me he's like yo he's like i wish i can congratulate you but or no he called me in and he told me i was going to triple a called me up to triple a and packed my bags whatever clubby's gonna pick me up in the next morning so the next morning clubby picks me up we're driving back to springdale to get my stuff so i can drive to omaha and i'm no more an hour down the road and i get a call from vance saying hey when you get to springdale you have to stay there and i'm like why so this was the 29th and I'm like, why? I got to sit here. Like, why? He's like, I can't tell you anything else. He's like, just do not go to Omaha. Stay in Springdale. This is like 1030 in the morning. So we get to Springdale at like 1130. I'm sitting in the clubhouse. About 230 in the afternoon, Vance calls me. He's like, hey, he's like, still no news, but just stay there. He's like, when I can tell you more, I will. He's like, blah, blah, blah. Seven o'clock comes around. He gives me a quick call. He's like, Maddie, I'll call you after the game. He's like, just hang tight. I'm sitting here and I'm calling my agents. So I'm like, yo, like, am I getting traded? Like, what's going on? Because the Royals were in it at the time and they had just yep. won the World Series. And it was the last year with all their guys. So, like, no one knew if they were going to sell again to try and make one more push with all their guys. And I was a prospect at the time. And so, sure, I'm thinking, like, I'm getting shipped out. Like, I'm getting traded. You're getting sent away. And my agents weren't hearing anything, weren't hearing anything. 11.30 that night, bro, after the double-A game, I sat in that clubhouse for 12 hours waiting for Damn. a call. I get a call from Vance, and he's like, Matt, he's like, I wish I can congratulate you, but it's not for sure, but you have a flight to Arlington tomorrow. He's like, it all depends on – it was like an MRI for some dude if he was going to be on the IL or not. And mm -hmm. sure enough, I got there, put him on the IL – activated and there we go that's nuts. So it was it was nuts dude it was a dude, that's so stressful traded. oh dude you'd nah. be stressful and then you get a debut oh that's, yeah oh that's wild yeah it was nuts dude it was I, nuts i couldn't even imagine that no it's uh i mean it's it's something i don't know it's it's so surreal you can't really explain it because i mean yeah it's the yeah <laughs> <I got> nothing. <laughs> that's awesome yeah no we we uh yeah so then came out and now you're in the bigs yep it's been uh it, i mean that that feels like yesterday honestly like even so what i've had five seasons now mm -hmm. and that that night not even like my debut or anything my debut I obviously remember, but just that night is kind of the most vivid thing in my big I league bet. career. So I bet it was See, unreal. What's what what's your favorite stadium that you pitched in? My favorite stadium I've pitched in. So K 
Okay, that's a loaded question because I, I judge it differently. So my favorite mound in the big in the entire okay. big leagues to yep. pitch off is Tropicana. The the mount I don't I have no idea what it is, <laughs> but especially as a reliever, when you come into a game, how a mound like you get a fresh well, how a mound stays vibe. up is very important because if you come into a game and the starting pitchers have worked a crater into that yeah. thing, like you're just like, now you got to move around on the rubber. It's not great. Something about Tropicana, their mound, it looks like no one's thrown a pitch off it. Like it's unbelievable. It's, it's hard, but tacky at the same time. It's, yeah. I can't explain it. Like it's awesome. So like, that's my favorite mound. My favorite visual from the mound throwing yep. is uh, St. Louis. That uh, It's just like, the backdrop you feel like you're yeah. on top of catcher it's it's nice i like it a lot but my favorite stadium park altogether. my number one is petco like it's an unbelievable park if you ever can go just walk around it and all biasness that, aside that's on just, the list yeah it's beautiful on, for sure and then my favorite one that i haven't really got to see much of but i'm kind of biased because i was a twins fan is target field yeah. that's kind of I just I think it's a cool stadium. Yeah, we went to uh so so my girlfriend and I we actually flew to Wrigley Field to watch the Padres play back okay. in 2021. And right I, and and I don't think you pitched. Probably uh maybe not. 2021. Uh, it was on. It was it was in like would have been August. No, it would have been June or June or late July. Dang. No, 21 I didn't pitch. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, it, it, it was it, it was I mean it was a good game, but I mean but still it it, it was fun to come go see the Padres play. And yeah, that's like I mean, and that was the one reason like why we came like all the way from Seattle over to Chicago. Right. Yeah, I mean they're uh they're an exciting team. Toddy makes it even that much more exciting. And so yeah, like what's it like? I say like having. I mean, having every guy like, as a teammate. I mean, as a teammate, he's an, first and foremost, he's an unbelievable human. He's a great kid, and at he is a kid at heart. Like yeah. the, what you see, what you see in the camera is it's legit, it's real, it's authentic, and uh, he's a great human. Um, but watching that dude play baseball. Having front row seats to that every night, it, it was it was something special. He's uh, yeah. he's an unbelievable athlete. He'll be fun to watch here for the next decade or so. So we're uh, we're in for a treat for sure. So, yeah. So what does Matt Strom do off the field? Off the field, I am a I'm a big outdoorsman. I enjoy yep. I enjoy a lot of time in the the outdoors. You hunt, um, but I'm also a card collector, as Ooh. you can see behind me. Tons yep. of cards, but. Uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, I mean, I'm pretty simple. Just, I mean, I, I like to chill with friends and family and keep yeah. it keep it close and tight knit. So, so you hunt and fish? Uh, mostly hunt. I do a little yep. bit of fishing, but hunting's uh, I would rather I'd rather be hunting. So yeah, archery hunting's kind of my my favorite yeah. type of hunting, but I do it all. See, I've always wanted to get into archery. It, it's a lot better seasons up here, like Washington yeah. State for it. It's for sure. it, it's just too damn hot. Yeah, I mean it's uh, I mean, 
hunting is kind of the elements as well, especially growing up in North Dakota with a uh, deer season in November. It's uh, yeah, that, chilly. that's yeah, because our our well, like so, I'm modern rifle. Okay. And it it uh yeah, so for ours it's like mid October, so it's it's it can go either way. Right. For weather wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like for archery, I, yeah, I I've always wanted to get into archery. Yeah, there's just something therapeutic about archery hunting. I mean, and just and just shooting in general. Like you, you don't even have to be a hunter to enjoy archery. Um, well, my I, wife, my yeah. wife has zero intentions of ever flinging an arrow on an animal, but she loves shooting her bow, and she's actually probably just as good, if not better, of a shot than I am. <laughs> yeah, I I just need to get get a bow and just start shooting. I mean, like yeah. every time I go over to to my buddy's house, like I just grab his bow and I'm just out there shooting the whole Dude. time. Oh yeah, it's a uh, it's fun and it's uh like I said, it's just addicting to continue to do it. So Matt, let, let's uh let's uh wrap it up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So let's say so I'm gonna give you a scenario and I want to hear All your right. uh, advice for it. All right. Okay. So let's say that there's a kid in high school and he yep. really really wants to continue playing baseball, but he is not sure that he is. He is up to par. What would you tell this kid? Uh, he's not nearly developed enough to make that decision yet. Um, I, I mean, I, I truly believe that. At I grew the most I grew was from 21 years old to 23. I went from 90, 91 to 95, 97, and it's to to decide so or like for me baseball the what obviously there's injuries in such your case and whatnot that do hinder people from doing it but as far as from like a healthy standpoint there are so many opportunities out there with how many colleges there are to play baseball if you're a high school kid that doesn't think you can make it like there is there is a division two juco out there there's a there's an naia jv team out there there are opportunities out there for you to play the game and the only way you're going to get better at the game is to play it so i mean for those kids that don't know if they're going to make it um i just say throw out the doubt just keep doing keep doing what you want because eventually you're not going to be able to do it in your case from injury or in other cases, when you're 35, 37, like it's not it's not the time to be like, oh, I'm gonna rejuvenate my baseball career. Like it's just not realistic. So uh, I was very fortunate. I had parents that kind of kind of went against the grain of school comes second. You concentrate on baseball because you can always go back and get your degree. You can always go back and and learn whatever you want to learn. But you're you're only so young, and your body will only allow you for so long to do this baseball thing. So. I was very fortunate in that aspect to have parents that just kind of were all in on it as well. And like, Hey, yep, you can do the school thing second. So that's, I mean, just do it. That's, that's, that's the easiest thing I can say is like, you gotta, you just can't quit. That works, man. That works. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining. Yes, of course, dude. You guys have a good one. Yeah. Yeah. You too. All righty. Deuces. Later.